This is Lightning Playoff Rewind. Our, our group's, uh, you know, great about uh, understanding situations within the game. Uh, like I said, big moment there, big opportunity for them. We kill it off. Markov shoots, blocked in front. Hornquist, save Vasilevsky. Rebound is loose. It's still loose. It comes behind the net. Who's got it? Bouncing around in front, comes to Barkov high slot. Holds, shoots, save Vasilevsky. Chernak golfs at it, couldn't get it out. It couldn't have been, you know, shortly after that where we put the puck in the net, so. Victor heading into center ice. Thanks it for where Kucherov across the blind high slot. Let's go, snap goes, ah! What a play! A bomb from Stamkos! Another incredible pass from Kucherov at 3-1 Lightning with 9.37 left in the second. Huge swing there. I think our group on the PK as a whole, you know, wants to thrive on on uh, being difference makers for us. So we give up one early, but we don't let it affect us and change our, uh, you know, attitude. And, and uh, in the end, it was a big kill there in the second. As a guy that doesn't get out on the PK and watches those guys, I mean, it's it's it, it really is inspiring. You, you you watch those guys; they're battling, they're blocking shots, doing whatever it takes. Those aren't easy minutes in, in a game. You know, you see guys coming back to the bench just gassed, grasping for air, and then they got to go right back out there. To break it all down, here's Bobby Fenton on Lightning Power Play on the iHeartRadio app. And a happy Monday morning. Welcome to Lightning Playoff Rewind here on Lightning Power Play. I am Bobby Fenton, and we are both on a game day, game tonight, 7 o'clock, Emily Arena. And also off of a big win. It's a victory Monday morning as the Lightning take a 3-0 series lead after being the Florida Panthers yesterday. Again, this time the final score 5-1 after a couple of empty netters. And keep waiting for that other shoe to drop, folks. And it hadn't dropped yet. And I really, really expected, and we're going to get to the whole Lightning effort, but I really expected more from Florida coming out yesterday. I was really thinking there's going to be a lot of push here. This is going to be a team that knows, you know, they're better than this, that knows they can't get down 3 nothing, on and on and on. And it just, again, all three games in this series really have just felt like regular old games. These all could have been regular season games on a Tuesday night in January or something like that. But, or at least that's the way they felt. I don't mean the crowd wasn't into it or anything because they were. I just mean the intensity level from one side of this doesn't seem to match the intensity level from the other. And the Lightning deserve a lot of credit for that, obviously. And as I'm watching the game yesterday, as things progressed, you know, early first period, just kind of, you know, feeling out, seeing how it's going to go. And I was like, all right, this doesn't, you know, this feels okay. I mean, it feels like the Lightning certainly not getting overwhelmed here. And then they get the first goal, which was great. Of course, the Panthers did get their first power play goal of the series to make it 1-1. But at no time... Just like I said in the Toronto series, at no time did it ever really feel like the Lightning. I mean, that whole time I felt like, yeah, Toronto's going to win this. Like, I just felt that way. I admitted that. And this series has been the exact opposite. At no point have the Lightning felt in danger. And they go ahead and after it became 1-1, you know, nothing really happened. They went and got that third goal to make it 2-1, third goal of the game. And they go on from there. And Florida now, and this is the key. To me, this is the whole key, okay? And John Cooper has said it over and over. And I love watching them score a million goals. It's great. It shows that they have that capability that if they ever have to call on that need, they can generate offense. But the difference you're seeing now and from the first few games of the Toronto series and when the Lightning have now won you know, five in a row is they are not giving up goals. It's, very, it's not complicated, but that in the playoffs, John Cooper said it. 
we ran the soundbite a few shows ago. He said, you know, I don't care what you're trying to do on one end of the ice. He said, you've got to keep them off the scoreboard. You've got to, you know, snuff out chances. He said in the playoff type situation, you know, if you give up two goals, you're going to have a chance. If you give up one or none, you're going to be you're going to be fine usually. Any more than two, though, and you're playing with fire, and you you can go out and win these games five to four or whatever, or, or you know five three or something like that. But it's hard to do that. The key numbers in this series are this, okay? One, one, and one. Those are the three goal totals for the Panthers through three games. Now let me tell you. This Panthers team played 82 regular season games, just like everybody else. They were never shut out, and they only scored one goal three times in 82 games, okay? In 79 of their 82 games, they scored two goals or more, and most uh, only a handful of times, too. Most nights, and that's amazing, by the way. I mean, no, I, I knew how good Florida's offense was, but any team over an 82-game season, you're going to have some clunkers, some shutouts, whatever. No, never got shut out and only scored one goal three times. The other 79 games, they scored two goals or more. And yet in three games in this series, they have been held to one goal as many times as they were over an entire 82-game season. That is amazing. And obviously that goes back to Andre Vasilevsky, one, but the collective defensive effort from this team, number two, and you saw it again, the shot blocking, the sacrifices this team is willing to make physically, in order to keep pucks off their net, and that's the key. This time of year, I, I know things have changed. We've talked about how many goals there are being scored in these playoffs, how different things are. There's more special teams. There's more chances. There's just It's just more like the regular season. It doesn't look as different. It used to be, you know, no matter what happened in the regular season, once you got to the playoffs, you better be able to win 2-1. to one. You better be able to win 3-2 to two or even one nothing. Those games just got tighter. There weren't as many power plays. There weren't as many anything. It was just tighter games, right? And it's not as much like that this season. So it's changed, but at the end of the day, it really hasn't changed that much because these games are won by knowing there's a net at both ends of the ice and taking care of the one behind you before you take care of the one in front of you. And I'm an offense guy. I'm not one of these across all sports, too, like football. I've always been an offense guy. But and, you know, defense wins championships is a cliche. Lots of things win championships. No one thing wins championships. But the Lightning are winning right now because the Panthers have been anemic. And I'm not saying that's just because the Panthers have been anemic. The Lightning have made them anemic. They've rendered them anemic. And it's a beautiful thing to see. And like I told you, I keep waiting. Like, okay, it's not going to be this easy. It's not going to be like this. Yesterday I thought for sure like, that was going to be a really tough game. And it wasn't. I'm not trying to make it sound like it was easy. But the Lightning make it look easy, and they've got a 3 nothing series lead to show for it right now. So Lightning in the Catbird seat. We'll give you all the numbers as far as teams with a 3-0 lead and things like that, but obviously you don't need me to tell you that it's very uncommon to blow a 3 nothing lead. It has happened, though, and it's only happened five times total in all sports that have a seven-game series, hockey, baseball, basketball. Four of those times were in hockey. It's never happened in the NBA, and it's only happened once in baseball. So, I mean, when it does happen, it happens in hockey. And I'm not trying to, you know, and we're, we'll talk about this all during the show today. Lightning should be fine, but the official policy of this show, as long as I'm hosting it, is that we're going to talk in the present tense, not the future tense. The Lightning have not won the series yet. They are in good shape to win the series, but they still have at least one more game to go, and maybe more. 
And that first one will come tonight with a chance to close out the Panthers at 7 o'clock on the back-to-back. And obviously, given I mean, any team has injury issues right now, but obviously given what Braden Point, who for all we know, Braden Point may already be done for the playoffs and we just don't know it yet. You're not going to know anything. But it would give him some time. It would give you know other players. Like Brandon Hagel was questionable yesterday, ended up coming out there. All these guys have dinks and, and things that are hurting. So it'd just be more rest, and it'd be great to be able to have that. Obviously, you want to get it done however you have to get it done, but a really good opportunity tonight to do that. And that is why I know I've had a couple people ask me about it. Oh, one emailer did and a couple friends of mine did, just all independently, say, hey, Bobby, you know, well, how about Brian Elliott tonight? Give Vassie a night off. You know, they got the 3 nothing lead. No, 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 no. And I love Brian Elliott. I mean, they, if they had to play Brian Elliott, they'd be fine. I'm not saying they can't play him, but – no, we're not getting cute here, okay? We're not going to bleep around. Let the, Get out there, go f- full throttle, end it, all right? Vassie's got plenty of time to rest. They can get the win tonight. We can worry about all that stuff later. But you do not, under any circumstances in a playoff situation, go with anything but your best every single night. I don't care if you have to play four nights in a row. You, you don't do that. So anyway. If you want to get a hold of us, you want to get involved in the show today, very easy to do. Email me if you want to. Bobby Game Day at Yahoo.com. It's B-O-B-B-Y-G-A-M-E-D-A-Y. Bobby Game Day at Yahoo.com. And on Twitter, you can get me at Bobby Game Day. And like I said, if you want to get a comment in, discussion, cushion, whatever it is, very easy to do. And I will try and get your thoughts on the show if you want. Uh, you know, we don't take calls on this show, but uh, you can still get a hold of us that way. So go for it. And in the meantime, we are going to talk to Brian Engblom in the middle segment today. I'm very excited to get a chance to talk to him. Of course, the color commentator for the Lightning broadcast throughout the season alongside Dave Randorf. You also see him on the pre- and post-game shows. He's doing the post-game shows now with Bally Sports. Now that we're into the uh, playoffs and into the national part of the playoffs where nothing is on local TV. But really, really enjoy his insight. He's so thoughtful. And, you know, I remember when... The Chief stepped aside, Bobby the Chief Taylor, as the main color guy and wondering who they were going to get. And I remembered Engblom from, you know, back in the days. You know, he'd been on ESPN and stuff like that back the first time around at ESPN Hot Hockey. And it was really exciting to hear that we were going to get him. And then having now met him and had him, you know, here for a few seasons now, really, really good. And he's got a lot of insight I'm really looking forward to the most because he's he was on those Canadiens teams that won a million straight cups in the late 70s, so he's been in the situation the Lightning have been in, both as far as trying to win multiple cups in a row, and those Canadians teams had plenty of sweeps, so he's been up 3 nothing before. You know, curious, to, I've never played professional sports, and even in the pickup games I've played, I've never played in a series type thing, so it's got to be a weird feeling being up 3 nothing because you know the history, you know everything about how the percentages tell you it's very unlikely, but you still are playing against teams. I mean, these are really evenly matched teams. I don't care that it's 3 nothing. I mean, the difference is very small. So you can't come with anything but your best. It, you still have to do it one more time, but it's so probably easy to think, oh, well, it's 3 nothing. you know, let's just go knock the puck around. Good things will happen. They've already been happening, right? And they have, but it doesn't mean, like, it doesn't guarantee you anything. And it can get out of hand a little quick. I mean, I remember the Lightning being up against Montreal, I think it was 2015, right? They were up against Montreal 3-0, and it got to 3-2. And they was like, whoa, if we lose this game now, we're going to game seven. Are you kidding? Like, whoa, everybody, you know, and then they won that one and won in six. They've had a couple other sweeps that they closed out in four. You know, it, 
there's all kinds of different permutations. But I'm looking forward to asking him about that as well as everything else going on with the Lightning. So Brian Engblom will be joining us again in the middle segment coming up on the show. Jason Berenger is driving the ship, making the entire thing roll. And um, just some thoughts on last night's game. Uh, first of all, looking at the run of play, and the Lightning did come up on the deserve to win a meter 53% to 47%. So uh, they weren't just getting fluke goaltending by Vassie. They, they did outplay the Panthers overall, although Vassie for his part. The Panthers expected goals 3.13, and Vassie holds them to one. So it wasn't like they didn't have their chances, but he was good. And what can you say about Nikita Kucherov? I mean, we've talked about him a lot, obviously, and with the Lightning doing what they're doing right now, you know, Kucherov is – only one of many guys who have been contributing. But when you look at the playoff, I, I keep hearing playoff legend, playoff legend. And certainly Nikita Kucherov, by the numbers, is one of those guys. But what he really is is just really good. If you look at his numbers overall, and this is after yesterday's game, Nikita Kucherov up to 13 points in 10 playoff games. And actually, this might have been before the empty. I think this was posted. This is a, a stat on Twitter, but I think this is before the game ended. So this might be before his last assist. But at that point, 13 points in 10 playoff games, 140 points, and I think it's 141 now, in 123 playoff games. He's got a career regular season points per game average of 1.10 points per game. It's 1.14 in the playoffs, so similar but a little better in the playoffs, and that's what the great ones always do. They always up their game in the playoffs. But in reality, and it's kind of the same thing with the word clutch, like you hear, especially in baseball, you hear clutch, clutch, clutch. And they've done studies on it, and there are a few guys who just happen to whatever reason have really, really big splits between how they perform in the playoffs and in the regular season. But a lot of the guys, most of the time, that we think of as clutch, they're just good. And if you take their regular season numbers, they have good playoff numbers, but it's pretty comparable to their playoff numbers because they're just good. Uh, and that's what Nikita Kucherov is. He's just really, really good, and he comes up big again yesterday. And not just him, but the entire Lightning team with a big effort there. But if you want to look at uh, the expected goals numbers and look at all the breakdowns and everything like that at all situations in yesterday's game, and Kucherov was up there. Pilat actually rated the highest for all the Lightning players, over 75%. And Sergachev had a hell of a game yesterday, too, to his credit. Uh, Pierre-Edouard Bellamar up there, Kucherov, Foot, Stamkos, all above the 70% mark. All the Lightning players, though, are pretty high here uh, in the uh, two-thirds or better range. And if you look at the Panthers, they didn't have anybody, only one guy over 70%, but he didn't. It, but that's not that's a guy who didn't get a lot of ice time. So, yeah, really not much there. So the Lightning totally as a team dominated that game yesterday. And you could hear it in Andrew Burnett's voice, the head coach of the Panthers in the postgame press conference as he was talking and, you know, taking tough questions. And to his credit, I mean, it's tough to go up there. And he said whatever he could say. But you could hear in his voice, he's like, yeah, uh, listen, you got to imagine, you're the head coach. It's your job to get these guys ready. It's not easy to go sit up there and talk about how they weren't ready. But he's like, yeah, loose puck battles, uh, they're winning them. Uh, block shots, they're going after it hard. They're just outplaying us emotionally as well as physically. And he's right. But I, I'm really amazed I'm really amazed overall. Just think back. I want you to think back to the second period with two minutes to go of game six of the Toronto series, okay? The Lightning were down 3-2 in that series. 
They were up a goal in that game, and over the ensuing two minutes, they gave up two goals less than a minute apart, blew their lead, didn't just blow the lead, but were down a goal now going into the intermission of what could and probably should have been their final period of hockey for this season. And, you know, sports are so funny because all these superlatives, I mean, we've been practically putting ourselves out of breath complimenting the Lightning on how great they are these past few games. And Toronto, remember, took those two high-sticking penalties, and they were both legit good calls, but Toronto took those two high-sticking penalties and got the Lightning a five-on-three, which they converted. What if Toronto, through no doing of the Lightning one way or the other, what if they had been a little more responsible with their sticks, never got that five-on-three, and the Lightning may still have scored another way, we don't know. But my point is, like, how fine is the line between complete and utter, utter greatness and deification, like we're talking about these guys as if they're just, oh my God, these you know hushed tones for the legendary performances. But we were ripping them. I was ripping them, I admit it. And if they hadn't gotten that power play goal in the third period of game six against Toronto to tie it, then they win in overtime. They might lose that game, and our last memory of this same exact group of guys that we're hailing as so legendary now, our last memory of them would have been blowing a one-goal lead that they couldn't even get into the intermission with with a minute to go or two minutes to go and losing their final game that way and just talking about how help that they ran out of gas. They just didn't have it. It was somebody else's turn. I think I said that. I know I did. And But for those two high-sticking penalties, that very well may have been, have been it. Instead, they win game six after tying it. They go to overtime. Braden Point gets the game winner. And then now, since then, they've started a run of four straight games with allowing only one goal. I have no idea what the hell happened in that final two minutes, nor do I have any idea what the hell happened in the locker room during the intermission, but something since then has been very, very different. And this team seems to have... Like, maybe that's just the way it is. Maybe they had to go through that. Maybe the only way they could get themselves to that place. I always talk about getting to that place. You can't just say, yeah, I'm going to play hard. You can't just tell yourself that. It has to be something that comes from within that you don't necessarily decide on your own. But whatever it is, they maybe they had to face elimination, like really face it. You know, I don't mean like the game seven last year, like really be the team that was down. And there was a tweet out there yesterday from uh, Down Goes Brown, Sean McIndo. He's a hockey writer for The Athletic. And he's a good follow on Twitter, covers the whole league. But he tweeted, the Lightning tried the whole quote-unquote facing elimination thing just to see what it was like, and they didn't enjoy it. So now they're going to just destroy everyone's souls for three rounds. I hope he's right. I mean, we're getting ahead of ourselves. But, yeah, that's what it felt like. Okay, we got down 3-2 in a series, got down in the third period of that elimination game, and care for that. That's not our style. Let's go ahead and go back to just completely mowing through everybody like we have been the past two seasons. And I know everybody says, well, hey, why don't they just play that way the whole time? Uh, you know, again, something happened. Like, you can't get there. You can't just decide, I'm going to go to that place. I'm going to try harder. You have to have something inside you that drives you that you don't get to choose, really, is what it is. And so now that they're up 3 nothing, and clearly it's – and we'll talk to Brian Engblom about this. Maybe a little difficult to keep your focus, but teams seem to do okay with that. And we'll go over not just the overall series records when you're up 3-0, but the Game 4-specific record, because that was a little surprising to me looking at that. We'll look at it all today. 
But I'll tell you what, it's good to be talking about it because we could easily be talking about a 2-1 series or it being down 2-1 or anything like that. And like I said, at no point has it ever felt like that was the case, and it's not the case. It's 3 nothing Lightning with a chance to close it out tonight. So we'll take our first break, come back on the other side. Brian Engblom will join us, and we've got plenty more on top of that. Stay tuned. We are humming on a Monday morning here on Lightning Playoff Rewind here on Lightning Power Play. This is Lightning Playoff Rewind on Lightning Power Play on the iHeartRadio app. Orange cycles for plot right circle. High slot, Chernak will step left circle and shoot. Score! What a shot! Top shelf! Eric Chernak has made it 2-1 Lightning with 17.06 left in the second. It's feel amazing, you know. I don't really score a lot of goals, so this one is even special for me, but uh, I'm glad for a win. That's playoffs. You never know whose night it's going to be at this time of the year. That's why it's so exciting. And, you know, our, our D play unbelievable hockey and... It's nice to see those guys get rewarded too. He's known for other parts of his game besides that. So you love when to see guys that don't score all the time be able to get some. So, you know, for Chernak, as much as he's been blocking shots and defending and playing against their top guys every single shift and, and to come out and, and score, like guys on the bench are fired up. Welcome back to Lightning Playoff Rewind here on Lightning Power Play. Bobby Fenton with you on this Monday morning as the Lightning have a 3-0 series lead over the Florida Panthers. And there is no rest as they will go right back at it tonight, 7 p.m. at Amelie Arena. And after that game is over, if you tune in over to Bally Sports, even though the games themselves are now on national TV, you can still get the post-game show on Bally Sports along with Paul Kennedy hosting. Dave Randorf is there doing interviews and things like that. And our next guest also, who you know as the color commentator for the Lightning, also an eight-year veteran of the NHL, multiple Stanley Cups, all that good stuff. It's Brian Engblom joining us this morning. Brian, thank you so much. How are you? I'm doing great, thanks. How are you? Fantastic, and obviously everybody's in a great mood after the Lightning get the 3-0 win last night. So I was talking to you a little bit off the air just now, but you know the way it works in the NHL is the local affiliates, uh, the regional affiliates get those first-round games, and then after that it goes strictly to national. So what is it like for you? I know you're doing the post-game, and that's great, but what is it like for you when the games are going on? I guess it's pretty rare that you get to watch a Lightning game that you're not actually calling. I know there's a few during the season, but what's that like just sitting there watching it more as uh, someone who can take in the entire 60 minutes and not having to talk till later? Yeah, I'd, I'd rather do the game, that's for sure. Um, it, we don't have any choice. Uh, I guess we're fortunate, at least we got, we got to do all seven games in the first round. Uh, in the last couple of years, there have been many occasions where uh, the Nationals would go exclusive two or three times even in the first round. And so we'd lose games there. So we got to do all of them this year, and I guess we, we just have to be thankful for what we can do. But uh, I certainly would rather be working the games and calling the games. Uh, but we're still doing the post game, and I'm, I'm happy for that. Yep, and we're happy as viewers to be able to tune you guys in. So let me ask you, because you know I went back and looked at your career, and obviously you know you were on those – Montreal teams that won multiple Stanley Cups and, and three in a row as you came into the league. And first of all, before we get into the 3 nothing series, in general, being on a team who has done this before, who has tried or has done what the Lightning are trying to do, I, I was talking before the playoffs started about how hard it must be, you know, the way it is when you've won two in a row and there's all these other teams like Toronto 
or like Florida who are up-and-comers who are really, really good, but they haven't broken through yet. And you just naturally think they'd be hungrier and how hard it would be to sustain and match their intensity and their emotion. And yet watching the Lightning throw their bodies around and block shots, I mean, they're going after this like they're the team that hasn't won yet and they're trying to break through. How hard is it when you've done it before to go up against teams that haven't and to sustain that level of intensity? Well, in my mind, uh, I've been saying this for about 30 years now, it's actually the opposite. Because when you win, you know exactly what that feeling is. And you get that taste in your mouth. And there, there's, there's nothing like it. When you win and you have that satisfaction, especially the first moments and first hours and first couple of days after you win it all and it really sinks in, um, how worth it it was to put out all that energy and give everything you have and, and win and know that you did it. Uh, so everybody wants to win. I mean, that's, you know, it's why everybody plays sports, whether it's individual or team sports, everybody wants to win. But uh, when you get that taste, actually, it's totally, it's totally different. So you actually want it more after you've won because you know what, what it's all about. Other guys are just dreaming about it and they'd like to do it, but they don't really understand it. I, I go back to, and I think this series and, the Toronto series has really been the epitome of, I remember Wayne Gretzky saying a long time ago, when they lost in the finals to the New York Islanders, uh, he, you know, he thought he'd go by their locker room and uh, afterwards, after they'd lost and see the Islanders, you know, sh- spraying champagne and, and, you know, yelling and whooping it up and everything. And yeah, they were celebrating a little, but he said not nearly as much as, as what he thought. He said they were all sitting there just with this sort of, quiet contentment and guys had ice bags on and you could tell that they had given everything Um, and uh, the term I've used for a long time is especially for your star players your 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 star players are inside out like there's nothing left by the time you've won it all they played so much they've given so much it's so hard to do Um, and he said he never forgot that and he realized that you know what we we tried hard but we didn't try hard enough and I think this Lightning team this year is showing you exactly that same kind of mentality that Wayne was talking about with the New York Islanders way back when in the 80s. And to that point, because I was just talking before you came on about where this team was just over a week ago when it was game six of the Toronto series, and they were down 3-2 in the series, and they had just given up two straight goals in less than a minute to go down a goal in game six. And where they were at that point, what was going through your mind at that point? Like, how much of a chance did you give this team? I mean, if I had told you at that point they were going to win five games in a row and be up 3 nothing in the second round, I know I wouldn't have believed it. But I, I can't – what happened at that moment, do you think, since then that made them get to the place they are now? Well, there are big moments in every game. Uh, first of all, it starts with big saves, and Vasilevsky's been that guy for them the last several years. Um, and it was true right through last night. You know, they weren't perfect last night, but they gave up some, you know, a, a guy breakaway and some chances all alone for certain guys. It's been like that in the Toronto series too. A breakaway here or there, a chance to here or there. Um, so it's not going to be perfect. You have to have that guy ready to go. But overall, I mean, we as fans and in the media, maybe we look at, you know, the numbers and go, yeah, how can you win four games in a row? How can you win three games in a row or five or whatever? You can't think like that as a player. And, and they don't. All they care about is the next game. 
It's absolutely tunnel vision. You, you force yourself and you're taught to do that. And the, that's why the coaches and the players talk about it all the time. Before the game yesterday afternoon, Alex Kalorn was in there talking to the media. And they said, well, what's it going to be like with the back-to-back games here? He said, I don't really care. All we know is we, we have the game tomorrow, meaning yesterday. One game at a time, that's all. When that one's over, then you go to the next one. Otherwise, it is too difficult. It's too much to take in. So you compartmentalize, you make everything as small as possible, and then once you're in that game, you go next shift, next period, and and go on from there. We're talking to Brian Engblom, who you can hear on Bally Sports Sun as the Lightning analyst during the regular season, still doing the post-game show now that we are into the playoffs and as well. And, Brian, I wanted to ask you another thing about being on those teams, not just what it was like to win multiple cups and have to go through that whole process, but I looked at the series you guys actually played in, and you've been up 3 nothing a handful of times, so you know what that's like. What Tell us, you know, it's easy to think, okay, well, we're going to win the series, but like I was saying before, you came on, these teams, all these teams, not just the Lightning and Panthers, are so evenly matched. You can't just show up either. Is it tough to convince yourself that you have to play like it's 0-0 in the series when it's 3-0? And you know, What's that feeling like when you've got a team down by this many games and yet you still have to win one more? Yeah, it's there's human nature, that's for sure. You can't help but your mind, you know, trying to jump ahead here and start thinking about the next series and what if and what if. But again, once the game comes around, uh, you have to focus on it because as soon as you lose, even as soon as you get scored on, you know, it, if the if the opposing team scores on you first, you're like, uh oh, this is maybe this is going to slip away, you know. So yeah, and you have to have that mentality. Yeah, there's a want to win, but there's also a fear of losing, too. And fear of losing has to be strong. Uh, John Cooper talked about that early on in the playoffs in the Toronto series. And he, he has that, you know, with like a, you just you hate to lose so badly that you'll do anything you can not to lose. It's, it's saying that you want to win only in different words. It puts you in a different mind frame. But when there's going to be adversity in every game and in every series. That's just the way it is. Cause there's another really good team on the other side of the ice. And so when you're down and you have that adversity, sometimes that, that hate to lose mentality works on you better than it is like, okay, we have to win this game. It, it's mind games that you play uh, with yourself and as a team, and you get used to that. And the, the playoffs are also about, uh, it's a great expression, but you have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. That's what the playoffs in the NHL are really about because you're going to be plenty uncomfortable a lot of times in the playoffs because that other team is going to put you under pressure and they're going to put you maybe down in a series, certainly down in a game, and it's going to feel really uncomfortable. Just get used to it. Stay the course and do what you do, and hopefully that'll be enough. And so far it has been. We're talking to Brian Engblom this morning here on Lightning Playoff Rewind. Wanted to ask you about the general style of play in these playoffs. Goals are way up. There's pretty much a normal number, if, if normal is the right word, a normal number of special teams opportunities, whereas in the old days it used to be you know, things definitely got loosely called and there was maybe a couple of power plays a game but the referees never wanted to go that way now we're seeing playoff games six to four five to three there's goals all over the place teams are getting four five six power play opportunities a game across the league 
and it was especially true in the Toronto series. But what are your thoughts on it? I asked Dave Andrzejczyk the same question. He said he liked the old way better. Do you like this way where it's more wide open and more similar to a regular season style of play, or did you like it better when things kind of clamped down more in the playoffs? Uh, it's a very fine line there. Uh, I, I mean, I like to see goals like anybody else. I think that there's a bit of a misunderstanding, certainly over the last five or six years or so anyway, and I know the NHL has put out statements about it saying that they actually – on average, call more penalties in the playoffs than they do in an average game in the regular season. What happens is that there are so many more situations. So in a, in a regular season, let's say there are a random number I'll give you. Let's say there are 15 situations in a game where you could call a penalty, where you think as a fan that you could call a penalty, right. say 15. And the referee thinks there's only nine, okay? Well, when you get to the playoffs, Everybody is so into the game. Everybody is hitting that much more. Everybody is doing everything that much more. There's so much more intensity. Double that. Now you've got 30 situations instead of 15. And now the referees might think it's okay, maybe 20 or 18. That's still a heck of a lot more than a regular season game, isn't it? Right. That's, that's the difference that people don't understand. The intensity level of every shift the battling for the puck is going to cause situations where people think, oh, that's a penalty. That's a penalty. That's a penalty. That's a penalty. Oh, the referees aren't calling anything. If they called every single thing, no, you wouldn't. nobody would enjoy it very much, and you'd never play five on five. But also, the players, as series go on, you usually see it calm down a little. It'll flare up. There'll be like one big hit that'll really get people pumped up, like in the Lightning game yesterday afternoon. You know, it really escalated after Hagel got that penalty on his hit and Florida got angry and you'll see it flare up there. Right. That happens all the time. But as far as, you know, I just want it to be called uh, the same all the time. There are a lot more penalties called also now because they had a mandate to crack down on the hooking and holding. This goes back about 10 years ago now, at least, maybe more. Uh, whereas we used to have more of that allowed stick fouls now. I mean, you can't even touch a guy on the hands. They call it hooking now. That drives me crazy. That one I'm, I'm against. I think this is, this is so soft. The other one is when you knock a guy's stick out of his hand. I mean, they're crying like they're nine-year-olds. Oh, you know, he knocked my stick out of my hand. That one makes me pull my hair out. It's ridiculous, but it, it is, and it's an automatic penalty. So the players know now. So you, you know, you, you have to go with it. So there's a lot of reasons for penalties and power plays. Looking at the Lightning, they've won five in a row. Obviously, everybody's lovey-dovey. Everything's great right now. Do you see anything in their game that they need? And there's always room for improvement. But do you see anything in their game right now that they need to fix going forward? I mean, obviously, we look good to win the series, although it's not won yet. But one way or the other, through everything that's been great these past few games, is there anything you see that they need to touch up a little bit right now? I think it varies from game to game. I think you have to just, you know, handle the the situation uh, as it comes. Each game has its own personality. Uh, the other team is better some days than they are others, and you're better some days than you, than, than others, whether because you're tired or as a group or individually. Uh, there are a lot of issues that, that go on there. I think 
the Lightning have done a really, really good job of when you're repeating as a cup champion, now for trying to for the third time especially and beyond, is not trying to recreate what you did last year and the year before when you won. That's a big, big mistake. And they're not doing that. Like even the line combinations, I think, have been great. Like Chernak doesn't play with McDonough all the time now. He plays a, a lot with uh, Victor Hedman. A, a little thing like that. Was, you know, Chernak and McDonough were together for two years, always the shutdown pair. And yes, they are sometimes now too, but not all the time. Nikita Kucherov played with Braden Point, you know, for two years and Andre Palat on that other wing. And they were dynamic. I mean, they carried the offense for two cup years and were absolutely outstanding. Well, Kuch is playing with Stammer most of the time now. And yes, I know Braden Point's out of the lineup, but this was before when Braden Point was in the lineup. Kucherov was still playing with Stammer. So those are some major differences there. So it makes you feel different. And I think that's really important, not just putting back the same team the same way. And, you know, let's do what we did before. No, you have to do what's happening now. And I think they've done a great job. They've looked different doing it. They've looked more, even more defensively oriented at times uh, in key games in both these series so far. And I think that's different from what they've done in the past. And, and it's working, obviously. Yep, one, uh, three straight games now with one goal allowed to the Panthers, who only had that happen to them three times in 82 games in the regular season. One thing I did want to ask you that I asked Dave Andrewchuk as well uh, last show was about faceoffs because the Lightning have lost the faceoff battle now in every single one of the playoff games. It's been more pronounced in some, not as pronounced in others. The Panthers were 55% yesterday. Obviously, it's not the biggest deal in the world. How big of a deal are faceoffs outside of the special teams ones, which we know, you know, those are the really important ones. But is, is that a thing, do you think, or is that just a random stat aberration? Uh, is it something to watch going forward? Absolutely. Yeah, faceoffs are one of the biggest details of the game that uh, the coaches and the players talk about all the time. And you get up against certain guys. Uh, if you're a centerman and the guy across from you just seems to be your complete nemesis and you, you just don't seem to have an answer for him. So, yeah, sometimes certainly the coach will try and get a different guy out there. But sometimes, whether it's an icing or whatever, you're out there against, hmm, I can't seem to beat this guy. Well, then as a group of five guys out there, you have to play for the loss. Like the centerman's just going to try and scramble the draw as best he can a clean draw right back to the point or, you know, to somebody, that's a tough one. I mean, that's a clean win. But if you can scramble the draw and have the puck just sitting there for a few seconds, and a lot of face-offs are won like that, a lot, which means that either the defenseman helps in the circle in your own zone or the winger comes in and helps, and it's a collective effort. Or if you have to be prepared, if this guy wins it clean, then those forwards better bust out to their assignments and get on those guys right away. And then you can force pressure on that guy maybe before he gets good control of the puck and, you know, you turn the puck over there. But if you're just standing around and then you go into a, you know, a collective shell in your own end because you just lost the faceoff, you're going to be in big trouble. There has to be movement and anticipation all the time. Brian Engblom, ladies and gentlemen, you can hear him and see him. I guess uh, 10 o'clock is when you guys go on for the 7 o'clock game. So after everything is over, barring overtime, of course, uh, you guys will be on. Dave Randorp, Paul Kennedy, and you. And, Brian, I can't thank you enough for your time. It, it really means a lot for you to come on the show with us. Hope to get a chance to talk to you again as these playoffs go on and hope it's a deep run. But really appreciate you taking the time this morning.
Anytime. Thanks very much for having me. You got it, Brian. Thank you. Thank you so much. Brian Engblom, ladies and gentlemen, has his name on that Stanley Cup multiple times. He's been through with the Lightning you're going through now as a player. Of course, he's been around this Lightning team itself for several seasons now as well, and it was really cool to be able to get his insight there as the Lightning try to close out the Panthers tonight. And, again, you can tune into those post-game shows, which is really a nice – you know, it's the, the old familiar face thing because – and TNT's great, besides the TBL thing on the score box, their broadcasts are, are fine and enjoy it. But, you know, you get used all season long to watching Dave Randorf, watching Brian, watching the studio show with Paul Kennedy or whatever it is, Dave Andrichuk, Adam Hall sometimes in there, and all those guys go away. And it's like, oh, well, you know, I kind of missed that, but they're still on. So check them out after the games on Valley Sports. You can flip over after the Lightning game ends whenever that is. And we hope it ends tonight along with the series, if the Lightning can get their fourth win here, and that's what you got to do. You have to win four. They haven't done that yet. We'll talk more about the mathematics and the historical situations that are similar to this one. Uh, got some other things to get to as well. Email me if you want to. BobbyGameDay at Yahoo.com is the email address on Twitter, at BobbyGameDay, if you want to get a comment in. In the meantime, we'll be right back. This is Lightning Playoff Rewind here on Lightning Power Play. This is Lightning Playoff Rewind on Lightning Power Play on the iHeartRadio app. Verhage is there, left with Forsling, five seconds left. A final shot in on Vasilevsky, gloves it down. Tops it to the far corner, one second left, and this one is over. The Lightning win game three, five to one. We're, you know, damn pleased with what's gone on here, but, you know, we haven't done anything yet. You know, we've won a couple games. We're still alive in the series, but the series isn't over. And, uh, you know, until you start checking off that fourth win, you know, there's nothing we can sit and hang our hat on. So we're, we're inching our way closer, but I think it's far from over. The expectation coming into every game is, is to win. So we realize the challenge ahead. These guys are back against the wall. We've had this opportunity before, and it's, it's the hardest one to get. So we, we understand that challenge, but we'll be ready. I mean... You know, we had an opportunity to do it in front of our home fans, feed off that. We know they're going to give us their best effort. So we got to match that and then some and, and just keep executing. I, I have confidence in this group that if, if we play the right way, you know, good things are going to continue to happen. Welcome back to Lightning Power Play and Lightning Playoff Rewind here on this Monday morning as the Lightning are trying to close out the Panthers tonight. 7 o'clock, or, you know, it's usually a little after that, but 7 o'clock officially listed face-off here at Amley Arena. And you'll have a chance if you want to come down. You can go out to 4th Thunder Alley. Go out, TampaBayLightning.com. You go to the website. You can get a little $5 donation. Get yourself on 4th Thunder Alley. Or if you're going to the game itself, even better. I know yesterday was tough because it was a day game. And I, they kept showing the shots of everybody on the plaza out there. And it was in direct sun the entire time. <laughs> like I, I, those are some hardy folks. And I love the Lightning. And I love being in a stadium atmosphere. And, and with other Lightning fans in groups like that, I love that. Don't know if I would have done it yesterday out in the sun like that. I know a lot of people had umbrellas and stuff like that. But tonight it will be much more pleasant in the evening as it will still be daylight out, but not that direct sun that, of course, it will give way to nighttime. Should be a beautiful night if you want to do that. Or, like I said, if you're coming to the game itself, even better. Let me tell you, you know, yesterday was a day game, and I was talking about beforehand how it was going to be nice because at least my son could watch the whole game and didn't have to worry about putting kids to bed and things like that. What I didn't take into account was how much harder it would be for me to stay awake. I could barely keep my eyes open yesterday. And we're talking about Sunday afternoon, which I don't know about you guys. That's prime napping time. And especially, like, for me, I, 
every Sunday morning for years I've played in an ultimate Frisbee game with a bunch of my friends. We play every Sunday morning at 9. And we're getting to the time of year now where it's really hot. Like yesterday was one of the first games of this calendar year where that heat and humidity that you get in the summer was out in full blast. And I got home yesterday from playing in that game at like 1130 and I was exhausted. Like I was worthlessly just completely exhausted from just running for two hours straight out in the hot sun. And ultimate for anybody that's ever never played ultimate before, it is a very physically taxing game. You are running nonstop in the heat. So I could barely make it to face off just to stay away. And then once face off happened and I made the, big mistake of just completely annihilating several pounds of Chipotle before the game. And now I'm there on my couch, and it's 1.30, and this playoff game is starting. And I, way easier for me to stay awake for a night game. At 7, you, you'd have a night game go three overtimes, and I, I can stay up till 2 in the morning, no problem. I'm a night guy. Love the night times. But you give me 3 p.m. on a Sunday afternoon after I've played Ultimate in the Sun and eaten a bunch of Chipotle – no, no, that was tough. I was fighting it, and I stayed awake. But after the game ended, I literally just curled up on the couch, and I didn't want to miss the end of the PGA Championship either, which ended up being pretty good. So I tried to squeeze in like an hour nap there. I, I could have slept all night. If that had been, I, I wish I felt at 11 p.m. every night the way I feel at 2.30, 3 o'clock on a Sunday because, I mean, it, it is coma like REM sleep. So I, I'm ready to get back into the normal routine here. It was cool having a matinee game. Let's get back into the 7 o'clock starts and on and on and on. And then my, my, my son still went to bed too late last night and had trouble getting up this morning, so I got a very stern warning from my wife that his bedtime is this. I don't care if the lighting game's on. We were putting him to bed, so I was like, okay, great. So, you know, I might just put him to bed before the game tonight, right? I mean, that's probably the smart play. Like, sorry, buddy, I can't risk this. I got to get you to bed like it's 6.30 tonight just to be safe. That way I can just be completely unfettered when the game starts as the Lightning try and close out this series. And speaking of closing out 3 nothing series, so here are the numbers, okay? All time, this is just hockey first. Teams with a 3 nothing lead, this is actually the 200th time this has happened in NHL history, best of seven series, that one team was up 3 nothing. And all time, the team with a 3 nothing lead is 195-4. and four. So you don't want to be the fifth team, right? Don't be that team. It's a 980 winning percentage. Winning percentage in game four only, I was a little surprised. It's higher than I thought. I would have figured it was close to 50-50 for game four. I guess if you're up 3-0, a lot of those series do involve one team being much better than the other. Some of them don't. But the game four winning percentage for the team up 3-0 is 623. So it's almost two out of three times that a 3-0 series ends in a sweep. 124 and 75 is the leading team's record in game four when they're up three games to none. And again, that's just hockey. Now, when you sort it just for this situation where it's the lower-seeded team that's up 3-0, in other words, they won the first two games on the road, now they're home for games three and four, that's happened 54 times in NHL history, and the lower seed is 53-1 and one in closing out the series, a, 90, a 981 winning percentage, so pretty similar. And then in game four, specifically, 34-20 and 20 is the record of the team leading 3-0. That's a 6-30 winning percentage. So it doesn't really change that much one way or the other, whether it's home or road. Now, across all sports, this is the 382nd time a team has gone up 3-0 in a series. Although it's also happened in one of the NBA series going on right now as well. But anyway, in the previous 381 times this has happened, 
in any sport now that plays best of seven, we're talking baseball, basketball, and hockey, 376-5 and five is the record of the team up 3-0 for a 987 winning percentage. And if you break it down by sport, baseball teams are 38-1, and one, went up 3-0. We all remember the one, right? The Red Sox in 2004 coming back on the Yankees. Although it's easy to forget now because the Rays did close it in Game 7, but the ALCS was in the, bu- it was in the bubble, so two years ago, 2020, against the Astros. They were up 3 nothing and lost 3 in a row and had to play a Game 7, and we all freaked out, and they won Game 7, and no one remembers it now, but they almost became only the second team to ever blow one of those. Anyway, they won baseball teams 38-1 and all time. It's never happened in the NBA. NBA teams are 143-0 and when they're up 3 nothing in a series, and the NHL, of course, like I said, 195-4. and So four out of the five times it's happened, it's happened in hockey. I think one of them was, uh, the King, didn't the Kings do it to the Sharks when they won the Stanley Cup? Like in the first round, they were down 3 nothing, I think, and they did it. So it, it happens. The Lightning, as a franchise, for their own part, this is the fourth time they've been up 3-0. They are 4-0 and in closing those out. And two of the times, they actually closed out the sweep. They swept Montreal back in 2004 in the second round on their way to winning the Stanley Cup. I remember that game three in Montreal when Brad Richards scored, bouncing it off the goalie to win it in overtime after the Lightning had tied it up like a minute left with LeCavalier. That was pretty cool. They also swept the Capitals in the second round in 2011. They were up 4 nothing on Montreal, as I mentioned before, in 2015 and ended up winning 4-2. Montreal got a couple games uh, before you know, they, they did play game six, which is, you know, again, th- that could happen. Like it, like Brian Engblom just said, not even if you lose a game, once the other team score, like what if the Panthers score first tonight? You start going, oh, okay. You know, it, you don't want to go any further than you have to. So I'm, I, I don't think the players are. I can say for sure I'm not comfortable, even though I'm very thrilled. But just as a fan, I'm like, hey, hey you got to stay on this. And then the other time they were up 4-0, I can't remember, actually, which the other one was, but they closed that out, too, although didn't do it in a sweep. So that's just, you know, some historical reference there on being up 3-0. This is the 192nd playoff game last night, or yesterday afternoon was the 192nd playoff game in Lightning history. The Lightning now moved their playoff record all-time to 112-80 and at home, whether it be at, uh, well, they played three games at Tropicana Field. The other ones have all been here at Amelie Arena, 48-38 and now all-time in the playoffs at home. And that's not counting the neutral site games where they were considered the home team. And still 16-0 coming off a loss, and we haven't had to use that stat in a while, which is nice, and hopefully we don't have to use it anymore in this series. And also, hopefully, Carolina and the Rangers get into a dogfight, and they just go knock down, drag out for six or seven games. I was watching that game yesterday, rooting very hard for the Rangers just because the Pan- or, uh, the uh, Hurricanes were up 2 nothing in the series. And you don't want to see both teams get equal rest. I want the Lightning to close this series out tonight. And if not tonight, then on Wednesday. And I want Carolina and the Rangers to go deep. So it was good to see the Rangers get that win. The home team has the win in all three games in that series. Hurricanes still lead 2-1. And they'll play again tomorrow. But, uh, you know, hopefully they can just get tangled up and all that stuff. And the Lightning can go ahead and get the win tonight and get much-needed rest and have a chance to get some people right. And, again, we don't know anything about Braden Point. Like I told you, he may not be – he may already be done, for all we know. We're not going to know that. Or he may really and truly be progressing every day and trying to get back as soon as possible. Every little bit helps, uh, as well as all the other guys who have had some dinks and all that stuff like Brennan Hagel. Oh, and speaking of Brennan Hagel, okay, 
that hit yesterday, that cross check that he had on Lusitarnan, that was not a good play, okay? That was a bad play by Hagel. He was rightfully penalized. I thought Keith Jones for TNT went a little bit overboard. It's almost like he wanted him sent to Alcatraz or something for it. He was like, that, we, I mean, he was begging for, like, more replays. He was like, a fine suspension. It's all on the table right now. You know, like, he was really getting into it. It's like, dude, okay, hey, bad play. Completely agree it should have been penalized. And I would have even been okay if it had been a major instead of a minor. I was a little surprised they reduced it. Although I didn't think it was terrible that they made it a minor penalty. And, you know, he wasn't trying, I didn't think, to do anything like maliciously, but he was a little bit irresponsible, I think is the best way to say it. You know, that's a dangerous play when a guy's guy's back to you, you're going to the corner. Then he stumbled a little bit, and, and he still gave him that little pop with the cross check. Rightful call. But, hey, let, let's pump the brakes a little bit, okay? I, I like Keith Jones went a little bit overboard there, you know, practically begging the league office to uh, draw and quarter Brandon Hagel. Anyway, the Panthers did get their first power play goal of the series on the ensuing power play for two minutes, and no complaints at all. I mean, I thought it was fine, but again, just you know, I didn't think it was the worst play in the history of hockey either. But yeah, very dangerous. Didn't didn't want to see anything like that. For the most part, Lightning had been pretty disciplined though, and uh, you know, the power play opportunities yesterday, the Panthers had three of them. The Lightning only had two. So the Panthers are now 1-for-28 on the power play in this series. And the Lightning penalty kill, once again, has to be applauded for everything they're doing. Both Andre Vasilevsky, of course, your goaltender always needs to be your best penalty killer, but also everybody else on that unit and the Lightning as a whole as we get ready to wrap up here. I mean, the the main theme of this whole thing that has been happening these past five games has been, it was a good term there by Brian Engblom in the interview last segment, defensively oriented. And you notice how when you're defensively oriented, they're still getting their goals? Like, be defensively oriented. As long as you're not giving up a bunch of goals, you're going to win most of these games. And you're still, with all the guys they have, with the Kucherovs, with the Stamkoses, Hedman, Palat, I mean, all these guys who got involved yesterday, there's all these guys who have passed all these thresholds now, and we don't have time to go over all the numbers with that. But, you know, everybody's got themselves on the list now of playoff performers all time in franchise history because this particular nucleus for the Lightning has played in so many playoff games. But be defensively oriented. Keep doing what they've been doing, but just understand you're going to get your goals. You're going to get them as long as you don't try so hard and abandon your responsibilities behind you. And the Lightning were getting involved into some back-and-forth stuff with Toronto that they didn't want to be involved in. And it seems like ever since they've become more defensively oriented, not only have they obviously given up fewer goals, but they've been scoring just as many. So hopefully that keeps up. Either way, tonight hopefully is the end of it. Either way, we'll be back tomorrow at 9 a.m. Same bat time, same bat channel right here on Lightning Power Play for Lightning Playoff Rewind. So let's take a nice 23-hour break. Come back at 9 a.m. tomorrow. In the meantime, let's enjoy Game 4 tonight. Thank you to Jason Berenger for driving the ship. Thanks to Steve Versnick, the producer of Lightning Power Play. Thank you to Brian Engblom for joining us. And most of all, thanks to all of you for taking the time to listen. We'll be back tomorrow morning. Hopefully we're talking about a series win and another berth in the Eastern Conference Final, but we're not there yet. Let's keep our eye on the ball. And in the meantime, wherever you are, good morning, good afternoon, good night, and let's go Lightning.